All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Icebox Pod. Um, I'm here, Icy Ice Cards, with uh, 412 Sports Cards, and we're going to be bringing you kind of a podcast that wraps up the year, a little recap and a little reflection on what exactly happened during the year, the highs and the lows. Um, because yeah, it's been a another crazy year for cards. So yeah, we're just going to get right into it. Yeah, definitely a fun year. We're hoping to bring up some stuff that's not going to be on everybody's year-end review. Um, have some fun with some, hopefully some things that have maybe flown a little under the radar, but we all remember them. So hopefully get to some of that. But I don't know, Matt, we just want to want to kick it off with some of our best and worst buys of the year. Get right into the action on this year end episode. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll start off with. Probably one of my worst buys. A worst um, buys is, is, is more fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably for the listeners, but not for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think my worst buy which actually is a buy that I'm not like too down about because I still have the card and I'm not going to sell it because I really like it was a LeBron select silver 9.5. It was, is that your worst buy that courtside? It one of my worst for sure. Wow. Because I bought that card. I mean, I guess I can go to eBay and see what it is worth. But I bet you it is worth about half of what I paid for it now. Wow. But, yeah, honestly, I was pretty, uh, like, avoidant of paying for, like, the all-time highs. Like, I don't really think I bought too much at, like, you know, the all-time high price. But were you aware, like, are you saying that, like, February 2021, you were, like, consciously making the decision to not buy, like, goats because you thought goats were, like, steamed up? Um, well, or yeah, it was yeah. more like it just felt like, uh, maybe this is, like, 5 or 10% higher than it should be. Not, like, this is, like, 50% higher than it should be. Yeah, I definitely didn't think it was 50%, not to that extreme, <clears throat> although it, it was. But, yeah, I just thought the whole market was kind of hot, and, like, I would talk about it with my brother and my dad, and we were just kind of like, yeah, the market's really hot right now and stuff. And so I would buy things, but I would flip it right away because I didn't want to get caught holding the bag. Um, that Yeah. So well, that's the, the way you saved yourself. Right, yeah. At, like, at the beginning of the year, I really didn't buy any uh, PC cards. I, I mostly just stick to to flipping, which really wasn't that fun because I really like buying the PC stuff. But I knew that it was probably smart to hold out even on the stuff I really wanted and was really tempted by. That's. I mean, that's smart. I've got some crazy stuff that I bought earlier in the year, some absolute uh, failures. I was definitely not as conscious as you were, although we were talking before getting on here on the recording. I apparently bought a PSA 10 finest Kevin Durant in 
on February 27th uh, for a hunt like $1,100, I think it was, which is insane right now because that's a $500 card right now. And I apparently sold it for $1,600 wow. at, at, at like two weeks later. So like that's how you escape like escape, but that's like one of my better buys. But let's get into the bad ones for you guys. Here are some of the shames. Um, buying Clint Dempsey Prism 2014 Prism Soccer Base uh, at the end of January for four dollars and fifty cents a card, which I bought multiples of, and I sold them for a whopping a dollar twenty a card. Uh, so that is. A good for a 76% loss on those. That's like small dollar stuff. The big hitters, honestly, that like I had to cash out of. And man, I don't even know if you know I cashed out of this. That those Kobe, um, the Kobe, two Kobe's I bought in this period, I cashed out of. And those were my worst buys of the year. Like percentage wise, I don't know if I've taken. There's other stuff like. Maybe you could say that like my Sydney Crosby RPA, if I sold it at this moment, maybe it wouldn't get a ton, a ton. Like, I don't know. That could maybe be a bigger dollar loss if I couldn't find a buyer, but stuff I've moved. Those, the mosaic. It's a bloodbath on those. Really? Oh yeah. Not pretty. So I had a mosaic out of 20, like those Kobe tribute packs. If the listeners know. So like after Kobe passed, Panini made those mosaic redemption packs and they came with like four cards. And like one of them was like a Kobe tribute and they were for the Kobe autos that couldn't be fulfilled after Kobe passed. And like, obviously, you know, there was a set supply of autos at that point, but Mm -hmm. I bought mine for with, this is with taxes and everything in it. I paid $763 and 70 cents. And I got out of that at, $353. $353. Oof. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I'm looking. And I took a bath on the uh, on my Kobe Auto, too. I bought that for $1,850 and sold it for $1,300. And then fees came, and I got like $1,100 out of it. And I bought paid $1,850 for it. Really? I'm surprised. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised on that one, not going to lie. That was a... I can see if any have sold since then. Do you know that card? Um, it was like it's that first tops yeah. Kobe auto, the nineteen ninety eight. I remember when you got that. Wasn't that just a, a PSA authentic? It was a PSA five. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had some like it looked. I'm I'm telling you know I sound like every other person on Instagram. That was the best five you'll ever see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. that should be in the year end review. The best. Best PSA five you've ever seen. The best. The single best. I'm going to see if I can pull one up here for you guys, get you a price on what those go for now. But those Kobe autos were, were rough. I mean, those were some, some failures. Obviously, like I had failures on like some LeBron stuff that just was base and just has taken a hit. But those are uh, some of the biggest the biggest failures. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we, I have a minus $750 on the Kobe auto. Oof. Okay. Yeah. See, that's probably about where I'm, it would be at if I were to sell my LeBron right now. 
It was about that minus 750. That's honestly, that that's not terrible. What's your, but let's, let's transition a little, Matt. What's your best buy of this year? So like something, I don't know, how are we going to do this? Something you bought this year and unloaded this year? Sure. Maybe that. Or just bought and still have either way. Yeah, that works too. But had to be purchased this year. Yeah. Well, I guess my best buy this year technically probably wasn't even a card. It was probably what? that 2011 update pack. Of, of did, did I ever, baseball? Did I ever tell you about that? Wait, is this one you found for like $10? Yeah, so I went to this small, show, like tiny show, probably 15 tables, 20 tables, um, about 30 minutes away from me. Because, uh, I mean, I always go. I have nothing better to do at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. So I went, um, and there was nothing there. And I kept looking and kept looking. And some dude had just a ton of packs laying out on his um, table. And, you know, most of them he wanted like $10 for. I'd look them up, and they'd be going for – you know, $5 on eBay, like just bad. Mm -hmm. I found a 2011 update. Is it a rack pack or what are those called? Where it's like yeah, that's a rack pack. Those, but they're, but yeah. I don't know if listeners remember, that's the $5 rack packs with 36 cards in them from back in the day. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, they don't make those anymore, do they? I used to buy those with my brother at the grocery and take scissors and cut them in half and we would each get one side. Yep. I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I bought one of those for $10 and it was awesome because I listed it on eBay and some guy contacted me and said that he'd been looking for one for a super long time because he just collects sealed packs. Mm -hmm. And I ended up giving him a pretty like good deal relative to what it was worth because I really liked selling it to somebody who was going to keep it sealed instead of like, opening it and then like being mad and then like filing a return or like something like that mm -hmm. could go wrong, you know? So I ended up giving him a good price and I ended up getting about, I think $950 after fees. Oh my gosh. And, but what was amazing about it was the payment cleared like right before nationals. So I basically had like a free thousand dollars more to take to the national. So that was, that um, is the home run of the year. I can't beat that. Yeah. Man, now that is a home run of the year if there ever was one. That's insane, actually, Matt. Yeah, so, and then with that, I probably made my second best play of the year, which was I bought the Brady 2012 Silver. Um, oh, wow. There's a raw. Dang, this is, this is like, the stuff that should be on card talk uh, play of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and I rolled it into a Brady silver. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I obviously had to add more than just a thousand, but it, it got me a little bit more comfortable knowing that I had a little bit of leeway with how much money I had to work with. And um, then if you 
are listening and follow me on Instagram, I ended up getting a 9.5 on the Brady. So yeah, that was amazing. I still have that one. So that's awesome. That wow, that's a pretty that's a pretty good one. I'm not going to be able to top that. I guess like ROI wise, my best buys came from like the one dollar card show where I found two cards. I successfully have now sold one of these cards for twenty dollars and one for fifteen dollars that I bought for one dollar. So those aren't like your typical breaking uh, record breakers. The ones, but but those were very exciting little victories that got me back almost all of the money I spent on those cards off those two, which was pretty exciting. That was pretty good. Looking through here for the, um, the greatest buys, I almost all of my profits from this year came from realizing in January and February and March, maybe realizing the gains I'd made in 2020 cashing in during the high market. And that's really the majority of mine. I found this, um, a a juicy loss, a juicy 63% loss from uh, 900 to 325 on a Zion PSA nine courtside, which is, Oh yeah. That's a juicy loss, but I, but we'll go to the, to the home run. The home run should be up here. The LeBron Bowman Chrome PSA nine rookie card. This is the home run for me. Oh, you you sold that at the absolute peak, didn't you? No, I I missed. For no, fair, I'm I'm yeah. I missed. Maybe I fair, sold two. But... I had two of okay. these, and sadly, I I had I had a ton of cards that were huge in that period because I had those. I had LeBron base, and I had an MJ nineteen eighty five. I think it is that Nike promo PSA eight, and I paid like eight hundred dollars for it. I think when I got that card. And I was in October of 2020, watched it go all the way to 4,500. And then I watched it go all the way back down to 1,300. And then I sold it. But oh. I got, but my Bowman Chrome, I bought them right before they, they, they boomed. And I got a nice, I paid 1,900 or for that, Okay, I, I believe. And I think I've got, I might have something mixed up here, but I sold it for like 2,800 within two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. I forgot that about that. That January buying period right before the late, if the stuff in early January was fair game for like massive gains. No, I forgot about the Jordan promo. I bought one and I still have it. When did you buy it? That could be in the biggest losers category, depending on when you it bought them. Would be. Oh no, I'm still fine on it. When'd you buy it? Um, they are literally have not moved since I sold mine. Really? Okay, because I don't. But the nice thing is, I bought a super low grade, so maybe that's why. Oh, I bought it. I had an eight. What did you have? Yeah, I bought a four. Oh, there's probably not a liquidity at a four. Card ladder four says. The last time a four sold was October 26th. What does card letter say on a four? 630, but that seems high to me. Because well, an eight sells easily for 12. Like they're steady at 12. Oh, yeah. I paid 370 for mine. 
So I'm actually still fine. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. I I was worried that that was going to be one of my bigger percentage losses because I do know those things really sunk down for sure. Oh, they went they, – those were to the absolute moon. They were – Yeah, they were. The, the, the PSA 9 or the PSA 8, which I had, got all the way to $6,000 in – or in, on by on Valentine's Day or February 11th, it sold for 6250 And I had bought it on October 19th for $913. And I did not sell it like an idiot. I watched it. And this is where I made the greatest mistake that I never should have made. And I and I'm I'm embarrassed to have said that I made this mistake, but I watched it all the way down. I didn't see what I should have noticed, I guess, you know, silly mistake. When it starts to lose the momentum, you need to get out. And I did not get out. And then I watched it all the way down and I should not have. But nonetheless, still made money, still got to enjoy a cool card. So, like, I can't really complain. It was still a lot of fun. But those. Yeah, that that card is super cool. I, I really like that card. The LeBron Bowman Chrome got to 5K within a month of when I bought it for 1900 Or I bought it on the 14th of January for 1900 It By February 11th, it was at 4950 What are they now? PSA 9? Oh, my yeah. gosh. The bottom they're, came out of these. I bet they're low. $900. Wait, for a Chrome? For a Bowman Chrome, not Tops. Yeah, that still seems really cheap, though. Do you realize that I, in in May of 2020, I bought my first one of those, and I paid $700. It's, we're down to May 2020 levels on big base like this. That's, that's pretty crazy, honestly. In April of 2020, it was selling for $800, and it's selling for $900 right now. Yeah, I mean, LeBron Tops Chromes are down right now, too. Like, do you know what a PSA 8 Tops Chromes worth? They're like uh, 600, I think, right now. I was, what, 2,500 was my guess. What is it? Like 16. 16? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That and, and I guess this leads us towards, I guess maybe we're rambling a bit now, but maybe we are heading down the road of, the kind of the storylines of the year, which is like some of the base, the bottom that's fallen out of some of this base. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That don't you want to go out and buy a, a Bowman Chrome PSA nine for nine hundred dollars? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> don't you? Don't you? Like that's such an awesome card. Like when I sold my last one, so I had two at one point, and I sold one for like three or like twenty eight hundred or like three. And then I sold my other one. So that was on the way up. And then I sold my other one on the way down for like 2300 But like. Wow. But like. You and can- I thought those would never go below like 1800 I thought they were going to sit. Because 1800s where they were before that big boom in February. I thought they would just stay there forever. And it's half of that now. There's a current listing on eBay right now. For a thousand OBO. Of a PSA nine? Yeah. Is it well centered? Um yeah. 
the guy only has seven feedback though. So I guess maybe you wish, but looks, I mean, it's a nicely centered. Don't tempt me. I'm supposed to be saving (laughs) up for, uh, I'm supposed to be saving up for things. This is how I get in trouble buying stupid stuff. That does seem so cheap though, to go all the way down. Like, I don't know. See, there's a, like the term base is something that maybe people need to become a little more educated of in 2022 because that is not just an overproduced base card. Like, well, what do you think the pop is? What do you think the pop is? You have to guess the pop on the nine and the pop on the 10 are pretty close. What's the pop on the nine? Hint, it's higher than the pop on the 10 on the Bowman Chrome PSA nine. I feel like I'm going to be way off. Maybe like 800. 1100 and it's 500 and PSA 10. Okay. Yeah. See 1100 is not that many. Not at all. Like that's not just like your classic, like crap base car. Like that's, that's not bad. And that stuff's not even that high of a pop because those, there was never a Bowman Chrome standalone. Those were Chrome cards that were inserted like one per pack or two per pack in Bowman. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's, a, like, what, 99% of those are probably graded? Like, the pop is not going to go up that much. No, not, no, here, here. Well, you know, do you know Card Ladder shows you the pop growth over the past three months? Oh, really? So that pop has grown 1.3% per month since 20 April. So in April, that card was a pop 970. And right now it's pop eleven thirty three. But basically, since yeah. November, that pop has only grown by twenty six. But it grew a ton from like October, from April to October, or like May. From May to October, the pop added over a hundred cards, and then now it's kind of flatlining. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean. Yeah. That seems about right. I, I feel like it's probably going to die off. You'd think. So how do you think the paper would sell versus the Chrome? If the, the Chrome is 900 PSA 9, what do you think the paper is? Same product. Do you know that card? Listeners, I don't know if you guys know these, this card. Well, we're just having a little fun here. A little guess that guessing the uh, price of some cards it's kind of interesting for a year end too to like because we probably remember yeah. and you listeners probably remember what these cards used to go for if you haven't been active in these markets like I haven't been. So what do you papers at? As far as price, mm-hmm. well, if Chrome's at nine hundred, then I would say papers at like four fifty five, four fifty. The paper. It's hard to judge because the comps are a little unsteady, but I would say 650 maybe, which is like honestly a little on the higher side for paper. I would say, yeah, that seems high to me. I'd rather just pony up and buy the Chrome then. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of some interesting stuff though. Matt, any other topics you want to move into for the kind of year end? Any exciting headlines Mm -hmm. to recount, look back on? 
yeah, what else were we going to talk? We had, we were going to talk a little bit about the uh, legendary Ken Golden lives. Um, just ripping open these packages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he used to sit in the office with the Perrier and he would open with this interesting, I can't describe the look on his face, but it was something between like smug and happy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was like, it was like a closed lip smile uh, as he uh, as he proudly showed off uh, yeah. million, million dollar cards and squirreled away the uh, packages that are the receipts that said the name of the person who mailed it. Because uh, he literally just ripped open the packages they sent live on the air. Yeah. And he would just. Yeah, it would just it was like a satisfaction, just like. That he knew he was going to make a ton of money or something. I don't know how to describe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a good description of it. The, yeah, those but, I forgot about those in the. I was thinking more about the ones where he used to sit at his desk and he at home and he would do like the state of the hobby and like everyone tuned in to the Ken Golden state of the hobby. But before that, what the predecessor was what you were saying, which was the auction item reveal. Yeah, that that was so much fun to see. Can you imagine just ripping that on a mail day? It's just Jordan exquisites, LeBron exquisites. Oh, then, you know, shove your Mickey Mantle rookie to the side. And then you have like all these different Jackie Robinson rookies, like all this different stuff that would just be crazy just to see, like, let alone like, you know, sell for a living. That'd be a blast too, but man. Those were the best. Honestly, I wish we could have those back because those were pretty sick. Yeah. And he would always he ran them pretty well, too, because he'd always be like, we're saving. There's still one or two big ones here. But you're right. He would do that because he was looking for these like the headliners of the next auction, like the one or two cards yeah. that were going to headline his yeah. next auction. It'd be like insert two hundred thousand dollar card here. No, no, no. That, oh, no, we're looking for that's not the one we want. We're looking for a bigger one, one that's really going <laughs> to wow you guys. Yep. And just crazy stuff. There's not there's nothing like it anymore. Those were those were classic. And everybody watched. I used to play them back because like I didn't watch live. Like I used to watch them on IGTV. Yep. Yeah. They're actually pretty good though. That was before um the gold rush of today. Do you want to talk at all about Prism Golds? Yeah. Golden general. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be, right, that's got to be, like, the biggest game of, like, any, like, sector in cards. By a ton. Yeah, Prism Gold. I mean, they went, like, I mean, they went to the moon. Like, there's, you'd have some, what, 11th year Tom Brady Prism Gold go for, like, 50 grand. Like, just. nuts. Yeah, just crazy. Jer a third year Jaron Jackson last night or a couple nights ago sold for like $220. Yeah, which yeah, and Jaron is my favorite player on the team, but he's not that good. So that's ridiculous. Yeah, and then I uh, yeah, just all these golds. Like if you had anything gold. Like, like you said, you know, Jaron Jackson, like doesn't even really matter the caliber of the player. Like you were just, if there were, if they're either 
decently young or like a quality player. Yeah. To the moon. Yep. And I, I think I think on that like the high end Brady Prism Golds, honestly, that might stick around. Like it's not something I think it will. It's not something that I would have any interest in buying or investing. You are the owner of a Prism Gold though. Tom Brady. That is true. I have well, I have yeah, technically I have two golds. I have a Bauman Chrome gold out of 50. Or no, no. Oh, top. that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the other one. And then I have the Prism one from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. Honestly, that's one that I don't really have like like crazy ROI like hopes on. That's just one that I bought because it's from the 28 to 3 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. So that was probably the most exciting Super Bowl I've watched. So I just bought that, it. Oh, the- that makes sense. Yeah. I bought that more as like collectible reasons. And I also got it for like super cheap. Like if I if I were to sell it right now, I could I could make a little bit of money on it, I think. Because I, I graded it and I I gemmed it. So <clears throat> but no, that makes sense. What do I'm you think? Not- I- I was trying to find some like while you were talking, trying to find some like prism gold examples for the listeners. But I did find this a Russell Westbrook mosaic 2020 uh, mosaic Russell Westbrook gold. One sold for like 150 and one sold for like 90 bucks of Russell Westbrook in a Rockets uniform where it says the Lakers on it. I'm pretty sure. And it was that much in its mosaic. Gold went berserk. Yeah, I remember really buying that. I don't a Giannis PSA nine from like last year's Prism sold for eight thousand dollars. Yeah, see, that's yeah, that's just crazy. Like you, <laughs> you can get the gold standard rookie patch auto nine point five and have two thousand left over. Yep, I would do that instead of have that prism gold. That's what not I gonna would... lie. The prism golds of like big players. I think it might just be the fact though that like everybody likes them, so like you feel cool if you get one. Uh huh. Yeah. But like, cause I they never appealed to me ever. Like I was always interested in patch autos. I would rather have like a flawless patch auto from insert random year than a prism gold from random year yeah i think um moving into 2022 that's going to be one of my goals is to get um you know just a nice like like not super crazy or anything because you can still get them for like three four thousand but like a lebron patch auto or a like a Brady patch auto. Like I don't need, you know, the $30,000 patch auto, but just to get like one that has like a small relic or even honestly, it doesn't even have to have a patch. I don't really care about patches that much. Really? Yeah. Cause it's such like a small piece. I don't know. And I don't know, maybe I'm like kind of a pessimist, but I kind of question like the legitimacy of some of that stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. 
Are you part of the conspiracy that says uh, that that doesn't that thinks the verbiage of this a relic is from this is a piece of game used memorabilia means that it could be from any player and not theoretically from the player on the front of the card? I've heard yeah, that conspiracy tossed around that the verbiage is too loose. Yeah, see, I have too, and that's why the only. Like the only Brady patch auto that I own is one where I know the game that the jersey was worn in. So like then it makes it a lot better. But yeah, I don't know. I I'm not necessarily a part of like that conspiracy, but it's just like it's they're so small, some of these patches are, where it's like the player, like, like, did they even like it's not like yeah, it was just like hanging off their shirt or something. Like, I don't know. It's not super cool to me. Like, if it was my choice, like, here's a question. Patch auto, but the auto is a sticker. Or on-card auto. Oh, this is terrible. See, I, would I do like, I, I think I have to do the on-card auto because I don't like stickers more. I like patches, yeah. though. But I, I sticker hatred is number one. So the, I have a Brady patch auto, but the auto is a sticker. So I think my goal might be to get an on card auto just to have both. I don't love the sticker at yeah, all. I don't either. I'm not huge on the sticker, but I guess let's see what some other stuff we want to uh, bring up. Maybe we'll talk about uh, the zoo being unleashed in the hobby. The yeah. uh, the zoo, the the farm animals are out, guys. We got the goldfish yeah. roaming around, the elephant. Yeah. We had going into 2021, we had zebra and tiger stripe. And there was also the dragon, if you a count little, it. Yeah, a little bit of the dragon scale. Like in like what one product maybe select had like a optic little. choice. Or yeah, optic choice. And then this year. We have, and you can read off the list. The Goldfish in uh, Spectra Tmall, uh, yeah. an amazing product. We have that. We also have the Asia Panda, I believe. Um, and then you have the Elephant in Select, which joins the Zebra in Select. And then you also have the Snake Skin, which I believe is a one-of-one, one, which is also in Select. And then you still have stuff like the, the you have this, other you still have the old gamut of all the old ones and you also have a fish parallel i believe that exists in spectra Tmall. so there's animals yeah. galore in the search for uh more parallels in the hobby oh yeah for the listeners like there is a goldfish and a fish parallel there's two it's kind of confusing i don't know why they did that it's kind of confusing but there's two fish parallels one's a goldfish and one's not i guess i don't know i don't know anymore but do you like the addition though of products like flux and products like recon that are like 300 hobby boxes with like one or two autos and like a lot of cards or like not a lot but like chrome cards or like thicker stock cards do you like that stuff at being added this year or are you anti new products that are like lower price point um Specifically, like Recon and Flux, I think are good examples. Like, 
so for me personally, I don't like it. I would I, like a recon or a flux card has no appeal to me, but I do think it is important. And I think it's a good thing that that stuff has no appeal to me because that means that, you know, hopefully there's some eight year old kid that's going to be able to get a pack of that and like somehow rip it. Yeah. Which is good because we've talked about how we got in the hobby before on this podcast um and that is how we got in by ripping the like crappy packs where there wasn't really much of a chance of getting anything good i mean we didn't know that at the time but even some (laughs) even some eight-year-old kid who can just pull a lebron base card or a curry base card or a Giannis base card luca base card like that just might get him into the hobby and i'm i'm a hundred percent all for that yeah i am too i don't think i think the products like that are actually pretty good Cause I don't think they really are. I think they do a good job of not like watering down like existing product. Like I think that like the creation of flux is 10 million times better than there being a select team all. I mean, I know select team already exists, yeah. but like select team all I view as just strictly like detrimental. Uh, uh, maybe not. I don't know. But like, I think that a creation of something like Flux is way better than watering down an existing Chrome product. You just create this like a little lower end Chrome product that the people that are into the bigger cards, they won't even want it, but the other people want it. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's something to think about too. Um, like personally, I, I don't like Recount or Flux, but I mean... People were kind of trashing Prism when it came out in 2012 and look where we're at now. So if a product comes out that you really like, it might be worth like taking a chance on maybe holding a couple sealed boxes or, you know, doing something like that because just a lot, a lot of the hobby is like kind of slow, you know, like if you're on top of things, then you can beat a lot of people and you can beat kind of the, the mass before they get to it. There's something to, I guess, think about if you really like a product. Yeah, for sure. What, um, how many more topics you want to hit here before we wrap it up? I think we can just do one more. One more. Okay. Uh, maybe one or two more sealed wax in the state of sealed wax. in uh, in this last year, I feel like sealed wax was so, so, so hot at one point and then no one cared. And I think it has quietly been making a resurgence while no one's been talking about it. Literally, nobody cares about sealed wax anymore on IG, which is what I consider most of the card community. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's fair because for us, it is. Um, I. It's tough because I like sealed wax, but it just depends. Like I would not be holding like select blasters. From no hobby, hobby box. Would you buy Prism Hobby 2020 Prism Hobby, which is a notoriously terrible rip? May I add? Yeah, probably not. I mean, but it's it might be a good buy, like with since September. Since September, it's gone from a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred dollars a box. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I actually did not know that. I mean. I don't know. I probably wouldn't, but that, I'm not going to say it's a bad buy. If you like, if you bought it, I'd be like, okay, that's interesting. Like it could be good. Yeah. 
not like over the moon excited, but like could be good. Yeah. And the thing about sealed wax is I feel like it's one of those things that is just kind of like slowly just goes up over time, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I think it's interesting. And I think we maybe are getting, maybe this year started with it being like the hype and like all the rage was buying sealed wax. Yeah. And then maybe now, maybe now more, it's like the old days where you could just buy something, sit on it. Think about it. 2014 prism is like not the most desirable prism produced, but like that's probably a thousand dollars a box still. Right. Like for a hobby. Um, yeah, I would bet so. I, like, I, I would just bet so because I don't think there's much you can get for under a thousand. That's like a good product and hobby. Yeah. You're wrong. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it's it's really interesting how I, I how it's kind of been slept on, but I don't know, guys. Be thinking out there. What it, it just shows you. I think what that prism graph shows us where it went from a thousand in September. And it's been a bad rip the whole time. It's a bloodbath opening those <laughs> yeah, boxes. Not I'm not, I am not denying that. I'm not saying this is a good idea to be ripping it or it's good value for the money. It is none of those. But prism sealed wax is always, I don't know, kind of desirable. And don't, and it just shows you that there's money to be made in the slow, steady growth when people aren't talking about something because right. people come back around again. Yep. Maybe buying wax is the new off season by the dip. It it might is be. that is that a is that a hot take? Is that a decent idea? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in 2022 if there even is like an off season dip. Because the thing is, people are buying the off season dip earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. Where like the off season dip might be like the week after the season's over, and then like the hype starts like going back up almost because. There is no like off season dip anymore. Like no, uh, it used to be. It would just be like, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers like buy one get one free in the. <laughs> but like now it's just not that way anymore. Now like when the national comes around and it's like the start of football hype, stuff is higher than ever. So it's like I don't know. It I don't know if there will be an off season dip, but we'll see. It might be wax. It might be wax. 2021. Uh, maybe we can. Uh, other things, honorable mentions. F1's been talked about enough probably on here. Rise of Hockey was kind of interesting, but it was weird because like it was literally Ovechkin and like a little McDavid. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, aside from niche guys who like performed well. Oh, I lost my train of thought on what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. 2021, I think could be called the year of football. The year, I think football is the number one winner of this year. Yes, I would agree. Establishing itself as a very solid second to basketball cards with yep. top line guys selling strong, big QB rookies being desirable and expensive. I think it's pretty darn close. And it, it has made huge strides this year. I think what happened is a lot of prospects played really well. Like and that's for, big for the market. That's why basketball, I think, boomed. Yep. Yeah, like Burrow pl is playing amazing. Um, 
Herbert's been, I mean, not at like super good, but solid. Um, Mahomes has been good. Um, not a prospect, but Brady's been solid. Rogers, Rogers has been very good. Um, MVP probably. Yeah. And even, uh, I mean, Mac Jones had, I, I don't get the hype behind Mac Jones, but he is hyped. So we know that in, he's got a solid record and yeah, there's just a lot of young guys to look out for. Whereas basketball, there's a lot of solid young guys, but man, I haven't heard the name like Luka Doncic in a little while, to be honest. It's been, it's been a little bit. So we'll it see. has been, it has been. Well, maybe, I guess you already said, I don't know, maybe you want to wrap with like quick hit of like one goal that you have for 2022 for cards. Yeah, I think I will have to check. I have a list of cards that I would like to add. (laughs) And, oh yeah, okay, the two that I would really like, I'll narrow it down to three. The LeBron blank slate. That'd be nice. Those, yeah, those case court, hits. Court so, Kings case hits. Yep, so nice. And, and they're actually not too expensive either because you can get like, I like I've, I've seen like one nine in my life because they all gem because they're in super good condition. So like a gem doesn't really carry too much of a premium. Um, so yeah, that'd be nice. A Brady Atomic Relic would be really nice. Um, and a Brady on card auto, I guess would be my other one. That's pretty nice for me. I'd, or for me, I'd say acquire said vintage baseball, uh, PC edition that I'm looking for still actively and acquire patch autographs of good NBA players that I enjoy watching just because that's what I've always liked the most and acquiring one of those would be nice. Maybe also a high grade gold medallion Ortiz. That'd be fun. That That's yeah. That's a, a tough challenge, but that's... apparently that's an expensive challenge because they don't come often and yeah. like those cards are freaking expensive. So yeah, that's a tough challenge, but like got a whole year to do it. So. I do have a whole year. That's all. I, I got to set my save searches already, as I'm sure yours are too. Yeah, yeah, I have a. Yeah, I have a, a lot of save searches, but hopefully, I get some. You have it like where the little blue dot like pops up next to it. Oh yeah. Most heart racing thing is when the blue dot pops up, and then it's always like, just some base card with that like name in the title, and you're like, ah, oh, crap. I. That should be added. We should keep a list of these of the things that are like weird but exciting hobby moments. The mail day yeah. is the quintessential, but the blue eBay dot is is up there in yep. the running. For me, when I look for said vintage baseball card, I like I get a lot of reprints and of oh, the card yeah. in a lot of later issues in the same design as said old vintage card. But you can't narrow down the search because then you could miss one. So right. You know what I uh, have to keep it nice and vague. You know what used to drive me crazy was I used to collect Jackie Robinson or like not collect, like look for him patches. 
or like jersey pieces. You get all those manufactured tops blaster box cards. Yes. And you also get the ones where they did, it'll be like Corey Seager and then a piece of Corey Seager's game worn jersey. But then there's like Jackie Robinson, like looking down on him in the background. And then it's like Jackie Robinson, like relic set or something. It's like, that is not what I want whatsoever. And he would always pop up. That's iconic. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, these are the good memories of the, these are the good hobby topics, you guys. Anyways, yep. I guess we'll wrap it there. Hope you all enjoyed this uh, year end episode and we will be back 2022. Kick it off, and it'll be a, a lucky number 13 uh, for us, oh, us next time. So we will see you guys in the new year. Thanks, as always, for listening.